It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here is your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman Show. And, uh, you know, what a, what a, what a, what a world we're living in today. Uh, uh, real, real tough for everybody, and uh, the conversations are still happening. So, I guess that's a good sign. Um, but uh, I wanted to bring on uh, somebody today who is no stranger to uncomfortable conversations, uh, and someone who's been a, a great, great leader uh, in the state of Florida for a long time now, and uh, and spent some time in Tallahassee, not just uh, on Capitol Hill, but but he's got some. Uh, footprints over at Florida State University and uh, I wanted to have Senator Oscar Brannon, former Democratic leader of the state Senate, uh, Senate Democrats, uh, still a senator, but uh, will term out, which is is good news for some, bad news for a lot of us. Um, <laughs> but uh, but a good friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Senator Oscar Brannon, you on? Yes, I am, Sean. It's a, it's a pleasure and honor to be with you all today. Very excited about our discussion this morning. Well, Oscar, you've been having this discussion a lot. I, I watch you on a couple shows uh and man you are fired up man i i gotta tell you now this is a this is a clean show man some of that stuff you say <laughs> in miami we got we gonna have to bleep we might have to bleep it out senator <laughs> but the passion right, right right i just i just hope we're on some sort of delay so we, we, <laughs> we beat that out <laughs> well listen uh thank you for the passion that you you've had um, on not just these issues, but but a lot of issues, and um, of course, this past week, as with the week before and and uh, and a few days before that, we've we've seen um, continued protests around the nation. Um, some powerful voices are standing standing up and speaking out um, on behalf of George Floyd, and and I think the Black Lives Matter movement in general. Um, Maybe more powerful than ever before. I, I I I hesitate to say that, but it definitely seems like that. Does this time seem different to you? You know, Sean, I, I do think this time seems different. I think um, one of the things about different is how different, right? And what does that different mean? Um, I look back at the Parkland shooting, and I remember people said this time feels different. And we actually had some different results. And I guess I also had the question, um, why was this time different than any other time? And I will say that, look, the, the murder of George Floyd was senseless and it was horrific. And we saw it on TV and we saw it continuously. But, you know, Eric Gardner was just was was bad as well. Um, Shoot, we can harken back to when we were in school and Rodney King got beat. That's right. That's right. We've seen it before. We've seen it before. But what's different about now is um, I, I think the social media aspect and not just the social media aspect, but the continuous protest. Right. Many times we protest for about a week, maybe at the most a week and a half. But, you know, this has been a convergence of the summer, uh, the COVID-19, people being inside, people not having to go to work. And I think that has allowed people to stay focused on this. I mean, when you turn on ESPN, they're not talking about the NBA finals. They're talking about this. So you really it's hard to get away from it. So I really think this is a different time. And 
I hope that as a result of this, we get some different results. I hope it's not just more of us realizing it, but people still acting the same way once we come through this and we get a distraction like, I don't know, you know, the NBA season starts back up. Well, you know, that, that that's a mouthful. And I, and I, I do want to get later on to what you think legislatively can be done um, in light of where we are today. But, you know, I, I've been watching the news last couple of days, uh, Senator Brainin, and your president's coming to, to Florida for his convention now, uh, Jacksonville over there, a Duval. Yes. And the other interesting thing is this upcoming week marks Juneteenth and Donald Trump is holding a rally in Tulsa on the same day. Now, listeners, if you don't know about Tulsa, pull out your phone and Google Tulsa, Google Black Wall Street. But learn about it if you don't know about it. And I'm talking to our white listeners, too, uh, because Senator Brennan. This is awkward, isn't it? Isn't it? This kind of awkward, isn't it? Is this is this purely coincidence? Let me tell you something, Sean. Your president is not a complete. <laughs> hey, 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 right? hey, 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 he, hey, 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 and it is um, it is not coincidence. Um, it is a a a message, a message. I I I I. I What's the message? Look at it on the pot on the possible. I'm about to get to that. So let's just say now it could be one of two things, right? Let's talk about fairy tales, unicorns, and um, rainbows, right? It okay. That he's going to show up there and talk about the travesties that happened in Oklahoma. And uh, the uh, restoring of Black Wall Street. He's going to talk about the importance of the freedom that uh, our ancestors received on Juneteenth, and he's going to bring us all together and say that this is what this is the culmination of America doing better. Right now, let's talk about reality. Let's talk about what's probably going to happen. He will mention nothing about those two things. He will just show up there and that will be a dog whistle to those that know exactly why he's doing it that day. They know exactly why he's in that spot. He will do a normal Trump rally where he will talk about law and order. He will talk about Joe Biden. He will talk about how President Obama is really the reason why we're having riots. And he'll just do whatever Trump does. And he won't even mention the city he's in or any of that. And I think that it's more likely that he does that. And these dates were just a wink and a nod to a population that no matter what happens, they will not change their mind about how they feel about African-Americans, immigrants, people who are just straight out different. And those are the people that he likes to talk to, because that will be at least 30 to 20 percent of the people that go out there and vote for him come hella high water. Right, right. Wow. Well, obviously our eyes are going to be paying attention to this, but obviously see if you're right about it. I think you are. And, you know, do you think, and thinking of Donald Trump, I mean, do you think, are we just in a more racist society now, or or is technology just advancing this thing? You know, 
I think it's interesting. I, I, I've heard people talk about whether or not there's more racism now than before, or are we better, or is technology just allowing us to see it? I do believe technology plays a very important role in linking us to areas and things that we have never seen before, right? And that goes both ways, right? I don't know that uh, hip-hop culture and the things that happen in the black community would be so widespread were it not for the ability for the world to be so interconnected. Um, a, a, a young white man in Polk County, you know, probably doesn't know anything about rap music in 1988, but this, but now with a million cable channels, Twitter and all of that, he, the only black person he sees is not Michael Jordan. He now sees a plethora of them on TV, even if there are none in his community. So it leads, lends itself to go both ways. But that exposure comes back at us, right? I would have never known that somebody that has the views of an Anthony Sabatini, who, for those that don't know, is a state representative that has some, what I would say, are very edge, cutting edge, let's call it cutting edge. Uh, you being nice. About uh, <laughs> you're being nice, right? Right. That, uh, he is. He is. He has some fringe beliefs. I would never know that there's somebody his age that thinks like that. I would have thought that the things that he talks about are those things of Bull Connor. But apparently, there are people his age, and there are a group of people because I think uh, this week he just endorsed somebody in the Yoho race. So, and that person put it out there. So, I mean, there is a entire group of people. So, I don't know if we're more racist. But I do think that technology is definitely allowing a spotlight to be put on those people. And like I said, there's a, there's a, that's a double-edged sword, that technological knowledge that we have, or that expansive knowledge that we have of not just them, but them of us as well. You know, Senator Brandon, I mean, we, we could, I mean, nothing has changed, man. I mean, talk about... Yeah. Police yeah. brutality. I mean, the Rodney King thing you mentioned happened in 1992, and we still watch. We're still seeing black people get beat up and right. and, and, and murdered. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, and then think about. You know, they talk about is, it, and, and it's not just about police brutality. That's a, a symptom to a bigger problem. I mean, there is just systemic racism out there, right? And nobody wants to, and not nobody, yeah. but but yeah. the right people aren't addressing it. I mean, think of just talk about. Uh, um, employment white people make more money than black people even if they have the same education even if they're in the same jobs and the gap is wider today than it was back when Martin Luther King was talking about that you're a for, you're a for, you're a lawmaker you have been coming to Tallahassee for a long time what do you need to do what what needs to be put forth policy wise to make a difference here. So, you know, many of the people that I've served with, I have, and um, a lot of people still are, putting forth proposals that, and, and laws that would adjust some of, uh, address some of the things that we are talking about. This is, it ain't nothing new here, right? We're not going to file a different bill this year. It's about how people think about what people think about the issues that we've been talking about. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and revert back to Parkland um, because that was the same thing. The bills that were put forth uh, in the Parkland, uh, after the Parkland massacre, had been put forth 
five to ten years before. And when I say five to ten years, I don't mean, you know, five years before. I mean every year for five years before that. And then they passed them. So ain't nothing new here. This is not new, right? Nobody's going to propose something that is completely out of the, uh, uh, you know, out of the blue and somebody got creative, you know, this this idea, and, and I think we we you heard it talked about this weekend, and I think the president has mentioned it. This defund the police, right? If you look at what they're talking about in defund the police, they're talking about fund programs that will stop police from having to do things that police are not responsible for, right? And the stuff that the programs that they're talking about funding are funding for social service programs, right? Something as simple as the homeless trust that we have here in Miami-Dade that stops, that helps people get housing, right? Because homelessness should not be something the police deal with, right? The stuff like the needle exchange, that's a bill that we passed and we created, is dealing with the drug abuse problem from a different standpoint, dealing with it from a healthcare standpoint, because that's what addiction is. It's an issue with your healthcare. It's a social service program, uh, social service problem. Why would we ask the police to deal with that, right? Why would we give 40% of a municipal funding, uh, municipal bu- uh, city budget to this when we know the problem is something else? So these are not crazy ideas. It's just somebody finally saying it and they're saying it consistently in a, and, and, you know, in a protest manner. So um, protests happen. And protests get people's attention. Yeah. So, Senator, that, I, that, you know, so the defund the police thing, I got to tell you, when I first had it, heard it, it caught me off guard as well. Mm-hmm. And and right. uh, and once I learned about it, I was like, oh, OK, this 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 makes sense. And I'm just wondering, <laughs> though, you know, so if you're talking about you know, reallocating resources, why not just say that? I mean, if you mean reimagining uh, policing. Let's just why you just don't say that. Right. If you're going to reform the police, Re-invent, just right. say that. Re-invent. I mean, right? I mean, so. But I hope people really you know, look into um, it because it's a good thing. Hire ESC media. <laughs> well, listen. How to <laughs> how to make this? How to put this? Um, put this message in a different way. But let me let me kind of talk a little bit because I said the same thing originally, and then I had to kind of, I had to dig dig deeper into why they say defund the police. It's almost the same concept as the protest, right? It's not like we haven't been saying this is wrong for a long time. It's not like it hasn't been going on for a long time, but it didn't get real attention until people took to the street and started to do things that caused a problem or showed people every day what was the problem. It's almost like the shock value of it. So I think people saying, if I say we need to reform policing, right? We've been saying reform policing. Right, right. Reform policing even looks like now, right? And it hasn't gotten us anywhere. So I think people said, let me shock you into this and get you into the conversation. Get you to pay attention. I'm not for defund the police. And then you and you say, no, let me explain to you what defund the police is. And then you say, oh, OK, I understand why Minneapolis is doing it. I understand why L.A. is considering it. I understand why there are cities that have actually reimagined their entire police department. And, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think police should welcome that. Right. 
if a police officer is the only government employee, right? Let's follow me here, Sean, that is given the tool of violence to solve their problem, then why is that the person that we want dealing with someone that has a mental issue and is loose in the street, right? They're not qualified to deal with that. We want to deal with, right, exactly. Why is that the person we want to deal with homeless? To deal with someone that has a drug addiction. Even let, let me let me take this a step further because I saw on Twitter somebody said, "Well, what's going to happen with domestic violence? Right? What's going to happen with rape?" Look, there are few instances where violence is necessary in the after the report of domestic violence, and even after that violence is necessary, what do we do as a society to make sure that that domestic violence doesn't happen again? We do nothing. We don't follow it up with any type of counseling. We don't. Say, you know, maybe you guys should look at uh, not being together anymore. Many times what happens is the police show up, they arrest the man, put him in jail. And a few hours later, the same person that he was accused of domestic violence goes and bails him out. And the cycle starts all over again. And we have solved nothing. Right. What about solving the problem? That's something that if we put some money in social services, we might just solve. And the last thing, rape. Man, I remember a few years ago, we were trying to find money to fund FDLE because we had untested rape kits, right? Rape is never a, rape rarely is a phone call made, police show up and somebody's in the middle of rape. Rape is an investigative um, thing and it's also a health thing, right? And we don't even put the money towards the investigation to make sure that the rapist comes to justice. And we around here talking about buying tanks for police officers. That's what we talk about when we talk about reallocating your resources to make sure we actually solve these crimes, to make sure that we are stopping those crimes, and to make sure that police are not in, not always having to put themselves and other people in harm's way. I think everybody should be for a program that looks like that. Yeah, and I would I would say to you, thank you for all of that. Um, um, I, I think it's important for people to realize uh, that it, it, it's more like a realignment, uh, reallocation, and uh, and I get the you know let's get their attention and then maybe they'll hear us um, kind of strategy. And I will say, you know what. It's frustrating to be a police officer, and this may be one reason why, right? This may be one reason why they escalate so fast because they're dealing with issues that they're not qualified to deal with. And I agree. Let's take that. Let's figure out if there's a way to take that off their plate, and then they can do what they are good at, and then other experts could do uh, uh, other things to de-escalate to, you know, add professional counseling at the right times, you know, to to make recommendations on on mental health uh, issues, Baker acting otherwise. So I get you. And I think I think you're you're well on point with that. And listeners, if you're just tuning in, you're uh, listen, you missed a great, great conversation. I'm on with Senator Oscar Brannon, a senior leader in this state well regarded and um, um, we've been going for a while now but but I gotta ask you a, I gotta try to get a couple things in with you Oscar um, so thank you for your time um, I I I, I want to ask you this you know um, a lot of our white friends and, and you and I you know we, we, we have to deal on both sides of the aisle and, and we went to a school a predominantly white 
uh, college. So we got a lot of white friends and, and people that we interact with. I, I like you are getting a lot of them saying, you know, well, what 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 can I do that to help? Oh, and I will add that that you and Chris Smith integrated top flight. Um, so you guys are the, the <laughs> you guys uh, are really you, you, you go further with your white friends than I do. Um, but 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 they're fine. But they seem to be finally listening and feeling our pain. Um, and they're asking what they can do to help quickly what what's your best advice what are you telling your white friends when they ask you i think what i'm asking them to do is listen with a new ear right understand that our experiences you can't have had so transposing your life experiences onto my opinion about being pulled over right and I'm like, I need you to just listen for a minute and listen with a new ear that my reality is different. And I say that all the time. I, that's, that's the is that a black person's reality is different from your reality. And that's why you're seeing what you're seeing. And I only ask that people truly listen and stop trying to tell us what is right and what should happen and tell us what our reality is. Um, one of the things that I, I, there's two things that I push back on very hard, right? The first one is why don't we talk about black on black crime the same way? And I tell them, you know what? That's all we talked about in the black community. But why would I engage you as a non-black person about black on black crime? I go to many churches. There are a million mentorship programs and programs in the black community dealing with black on black crime. It's just not something that I ask you to solve for me. The second thing is that all lives matter. And I think that that is not an untrue statement, but it's not a good response to black lives mattering. And I and I, I'm sure that every and every one of my friends from the majority understand that the rainforest is rainforest needs saving. But the forest outside of Tallahassee doesn't. So when you have a sign that says rainforest, uh, save the rainforest. No one responds with, but what about all forests? The rainforest is being attacked and we're losing it. And that is why we are raising money for the rainforest. Black men and black people are in ways under attack. And that is why we are saying that our lives matter and listening to it from that standpoint. And that, that's what I'm trying to tell them. That's what I'm trying to tell them. Well, I understand. I'm going to take some of what you said and use some of that and see if it works for my conversations because they're important conversations. I got to ask you something, though, because you're you're a great husband and you're a father. Oscar, you got two little boys that are old enough to have a lot of questions right now, man. A lot of questions in short, because we are running out of time. But I think this is an important question. Man, what are you telling your boys? So it's interesting, you know, as a father of black boys, this is a conversation that we have and have had all the time. So when they see what's happening now, it's almost as if they are getting uh, confirmation that what we've been talking about is real. And the conversation that I've always had with them is people in authority like police officers, you have to treat them a different way. Because I want you to come home. And I and, and that's a conversation that black parents have with their children all the time, as they say in my community, irregardless. And so 
I am, I, I have, I'm lucky that I have been having this conversation. So this is just a continuation for us. And it should be with most black fathers, right? And most black parents that you, you have, and unfortunately you have already had this conversation. And this is just saying, yep, see what I'm saying? This is why you don't do that. And the good part is, is that my kids are starting to feel like, well, daddy, it looks like people are starting to really hear what you're saying. I don't know that racism is going to end, but I will say the few things that are happening, the NASCAR getting rid of the Confederate flag, look, that, I, 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 I can't little that at all. That is a huge step. That's big. That a huge step. And that is the type of thing that gives me some sort of hope that maybe the next generation may be different. Well, I appreciate that, man. And I tell you, um, the, one of the other things I share with with uh, my white friends is that, you know, when black people say, have you have the talk, they're not talking about the birds and the bees. Right. Um, that talk mm -hmm. is what you right. is what you just explained. And, uh, you know, we naturally know the birds and the bees, I think. But <laughs> but um, but listen, man, uh, Senator, thank you, man. I want to have you back soon because I, I would love to have a show where we talk about your proudest moments um, in the legislature. You spent a lot of time up here. And yeah. and I and I will say to all our listeners as we go, you know, uh, Oscar Brainin is a little different. You know, he. He had the opportunity. He was he was almost sitting in the mayor's chair in Miami Gardens and and he took the road less travel and decided, uh, you know what, I'm not going to run. I'm going to take some time out. And I got to say, as long as I've known you, Oscar Brainin, and it's been a long time because what are you like, 72 now? Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, <laughs> but but as long as I've known you, man, I got to tell you that moment was uh, my most proud moment of you, and uh, and and uh, to see the the wisdom in that decision, man. Um, you're the type of person we need in office, and uh, I look forward to when you come back, man. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Sean. This was a, this was really good and and fun and fun. Alright, listen, tell the family hello. We'll see you soon. Take care down there in Miami and uh, uh, we'll talk again soon, brother. Listeners, if you're still with us, stay with us. We'll be right back with the Pittman Point right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point. Recently, y'all, amid the peaceful protests across America, a movement within a movement has come to the forefront of the national conversation. Y'all have heard it. It's called Defund the Police. You heard me and Senator Brainerd talk about it. Immediately, as I said to Senator Brainerd, I, I first when I first heard this, I was I was very, very skeptical. Um, in fact, I think I scoffed at the idea and cast it aside as being just just too irrational and that we were all being too emotional. But the more I've researched uh, the idea and the more I've learned, the more, you know, I'm I, this is not a bad idea. It's certainly not one to, to throw off to the side. It is one that is worthy of being explored. If it's done right, there are some folks out there who actually want to take the police departments away completely. I know that you know that that's extreme and we're not doing that. But I do believe that by and large, what this move, movement really calls for isn't just extreme, but it might be extremely necessary. The name defund the police is misleading. Let's just say that right now. In fact, a more accurate representation would be to reimagine the police or to redirect funds 
uh, of inflated police budgets into areas that could bring actual change. Because make no mistake, police are doing what police are trained to do. And no amount of de-escalation or sensitivity training is going to erase that. Police are not equipped to handle societal issues like poverty, homelessness, and mental illness. They're not marriage counselors, so they're not uh, prepared to handle uh, domestic issues. They do what they know how to do. And largely, that may end in someone going to jail or someone getting hurt or someone getting killed. They are not taught to deal with root causes of trauma, y'all, domestic issues or issues in school. This work could be better undertaken by outreach workers, social workers, and community workers trained in these situations. By diverting money from the police budget, we can pay these special outreach leaders and limit negative interactions with law enforcement. We're talking about police showing up with these professionals uh, that can accompany them and help them through these issues that, that they're proficient at. We cannot look at this idea, y'all, as uh, making our communities less safe or like we're promoting anarchy. Um, we, what, what the idea is trying to do is asking uh, to invest the resources that our community needs. Uh, so the Pittman point today is, is let's not get distracted. Um, explore what this idea is all about and what it means for you. And, and then ask yourself the difficult question. It's now the time for extreme action. You know what? I'm not completely there on this idea, but I think it's worthy of taking a look. Because if if we do the same thing that we've always done, y'all, doesn't that make us insane? I think it does. We cannot expect to get uh, any different outcomes if we're not willing, y'all, if we're not willing to do something different. And I know that you will agree. If you agree with nothing else, I know that you will agree that right now, status quo is not enough. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.